Know the love, receive the life. <laughs> know the love, receive the life. So anyway, we've been talking a lot about not having a spirit of fear, correct? Second Timothy 1.7 says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we're all really familiar with that scripture. But we're going to back up. We're going to back up to the beginning of 2 Timothy 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life. I want you to hang on that scripture for a minute. According to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, saints, we have a promise of life in Christ Jesus, regardless of the circumstances around us, regardless of anything going on around us. We have a promise of life. And we need to keep that in mind as we read 2 Timothy 1. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Unfeigned faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, a gift from God. We walk by faith. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, I'm reading out of King James today, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God in troubling times, in any time. But in these times, we each must stir up the gift of God, the gift of faith that is in us. We need to stir it up. We need to keep it stirred. The NIV actually says there, fan the flame. Fan the flame. You see, faith is a gift, right? And it brings life. And we each have to stir it up. We're each responsible for stirring up in our own lives. We must stir up the gift of God that is within us, that is within each of us, the gift of faith, the gift of life in Jesus. How do you attach? How do you attach to the supernatural? How do you walk in the supernatural? You walk in the supernatural by faith. Faith is that, um, that lifeline. Faith is that lifeline that attaches you to the supernatural, every supernatural promise of God, every promise of God. So how do we stir it up? Let's go to, well, the scripture tells us, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Jude 1, verses 17 through 21. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there would be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual. What does that mean? It means they separate themselves unto a carnal life, unto a carnal existence, not receiving the life of God. How did this start? According to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay? Natural instinct being moved by the world around them, being moved by natural thinking, being moved by carnal thinking. We're not here to do that. You're not going to do anybody any good doing that. You're not going to be anybody's help or hope. And you want to be help and hope. Right? You want to be help and hope. Well, there's something more that's required of you. And it's not to think like a carnal world. Not to be moved by things sensual. Right? Having not the spirit. You see, when we do that, we're not listening to the spirit. 
Does that make sense? But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Sorry, I don't have a cold. <coughs> I don't have a cold or any such thing. I have a tickle in my throat. <coughs> <coughs> But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. How do we stir up the gift? He's just given us three incredible clues right here. We have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Why do you pray in the Holy Ghost? You're praying the will of, Father, of the Father in your life. You're, you're, you're receiving divine wisdom. You're receiving revelation knowledge. Do you need revelation knowledge to walk out there? Yeah. Amen, you do. So pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Two keys to that. You have to know the love of God for you first. If you don't know it, you can't keep yourself in it. And then you need to walk in it toward other people. You need divine revelation to understand God's immense, unconditional love for you. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. We have to understand his mercy for us, saints. Otherwise, you let the devil push you down so far that you feel like you can't get out, right? So you need to understand his mercy, and you need that, that's why David was so strong. He truly understood the mercy of God. He made a, a lot of mistakes, big mistakes. But God said that he was a man after his own heart, and that was because he understood the mercy of God. Okay, so praying the Holy Spirit, it brings revelation, it brings the wisdom of God, it prays the will of the Father in our lives. Understanding God's mercy, understanding God's love, strengthens our faith. It strengthens our faith, right? It strengthens our faith in what he has done. It strengthens our faith in what he will do for us. Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, you know, honestly, you cannot have confidence if you don't know God's love and mercy for you. You can't have that confidence. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the finished work of Christ, it has given you the ability to enter into the most holy place, the blood. You are covered in the blood. God sees you through the blood of his son that was sacrificed for you, that redeemed you, that reconciled you. And you can have confidence to go before him. Not fear. Not fear. When we're born again, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are made new creations, right? We're made new creatures in Christ. We receive the very spiritual character of God. That spiritual character is not shame. It's not guilt. It's not fear, right? It's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We receive that. It's a gift. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us, Opened for us 
through the curtain. That's Jesus' body. That's his body broken for each one of us. The way has been opened. Open for us through the curtain that is his body. You see, we need to understand what Jesus did for us. We need to get a full revelation, a full revelation of what the finished work of Christ really is, what it's really done. We need to assimilate it into ourselves. We need to know who we are in Christ. We we need to understand what has been accomplished so that we can walk fearless in a fearful generation. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us because he loved us. Because he went to the cross, because he bought a finished work. He accomplished a finished work. It is our responsibility to quit walking way below it. We're not here to walk way below. We are here to ascend on high. Jesus gave us the glory that the Father gave him. The name above every other name. All power. All authority. All power. All authority. We're not here to listen to the lies of the devil. That's easy. That's the lazy man's way. We were purchased with a big price, saints. We were purchased with a big price. And it's our job to walk in the fullness of it. We were redeemed, we were reconciled unto the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Almighty Father. Thank you, Lord. Redemption. Redemption from every curse of the law. Redemption from every curse of the law. It's been purchased for us. Verse 21, and since we have a great priest, Over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, not a doubting heart. We can have faith in our faithful God. A sincere heart with full assurance that faith brings. In these trying times, you have one job, and it's to walk in the faith of the finished work of Christ. Fully assured fully convinced, knowing on whom you can depend. And with the full assurance that faith brings. That is why it is so important to stir up your faith right now, saints. It will bring you assurance. It will bring you assurance. You must, you must fan the flame. You must stir up your faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Guilty conscience. That's a diminished life. You walk in a guilty conscience, that's a diminished life. That's not the life that Jesus died to give you. You understand that? We don't need to walk in a guilty conscience. We have a, 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 a God... We can repent, right? We repent as far as the east is from the west. Having your heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. That sounds like faith to me. Hold unswervingly. Last week we studied in James, right? Don't be double-minded. Don't be double-minded. 
We don't need to be double-minded. We don't have a double-minded God. We have a yay and amen God. We have a God that says his promises are true. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Faith in what Jesus Christ did for us. We must stir up the faith. We must hold on to it. We must hold fast with full assurance all the gospel of Christ, not just some of it. It's all. It's either all true or it's false. Right? Anything that has any bit of falsity in it is false. Right? So we believe it's all true, and it's not too good to be true. It's the truth of a big, big God. All the salvation, all the protection, all the deliverance, all the provision, all freedom from lack, all freedom from fear, all peace, all joy. Right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's why in 2 Timothy 1, at the very beginning, it said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Life, that's all of it. All of the life of Jesus. Think about this. You're a container. Each of us is, oh, each of us is a container. And when we became saved, God in his goodness, God in his love for us, he just like, I wish I were a guy right now because guys make the greatest sounds <laughs> and I can't do them. You know, they make all these weird sounds to illustrate things. But God, it's like he just took his nature, the, the fullness of all the life of Christ, and he just like came down and it's just like planted in you. And our whole life is a life of walking into greater and greater revelation of the magnanimity of that gift. Wow. Wow. That makes me happy. <laughs> wow. According to the promise of life, in him, there's no darkness. There's life and only life. See, like, a little bit of fear tries to get next to Jesus, and it's like, <laughs> and it's just, like, sucked up into, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, dried up. It's like getting next to a fire. Like, a little bit of water gets next to a fire, and it just evaporates. Because there is no darkness in Jesus, and that fullness is in you, right? We walk into the fullness of Christ. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given. You notice how that is phrased? God hath not given. Because he doesn't give anything bad. Nothing bad comes from God. Only good. His mercies are new. He's ever loving, ever kind, ever good. But really think about what that says. It says, God hath not given. So the only way for a person to actually walk in fear is to take it. Because it was not what was given to you. He wouldn't give you something bad like that. That's not what was given. People become motivated by getting their eyes off of Jesus. Right? Keep your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of your faith. So he didn't give me that fear, I'm not going to take it. He didn't give me weakness, I'm not going to take it. He didn't give me an unsound mind, I'm not going to take it. Carnal thinking is an unsound mind. Being motivated by the gloom and the doom that the world has to offer you 
is an unsound mind. It's an unsound motivation. It's a lie. It's an untruth. We serve a God who is a spirit of truth. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. We have the promise, the full promise of life in Christ. And all that means, all that means, a sound mind is not, what I just said, a sound mind is not moved by fear. It's not moved by fear of circumstance, period. A sound mind is grounded and moved only by the word of God. That's what you're moved by. It is moved by the spirit of truth, the life-giving spirit of God. He is spirit and he is truth. There is no darkness, no shadow of turning in him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So move on to 2 Timothy 1.8. It says, be, thou, be not thou therefore ashamed. Be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Okay, I want to kind of get into this be not ashamed idea. Because see, what we typically think, and it's true, it's a, it's a good thought, very good thought. We read this, be there therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And we traditionally think on terms of, okay, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I will proclaim it to the mountaintops. I'll never be ashamed. I, I will say, I will declare, he is my Lord and Savior. He is the resurrected son of the almighty God. The salvation message, right? Well, wow. That's a great place to start. But it's got so much wealth within it. So when we, that's what we traditionally think of. But when we really look at this, be not there, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. It includes so much more. It includes the testimony. Okay, hang with me guys on this today because it's really not the same. It, 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 it includes the testimony of Jesus and what the finished work has done in our lives personally. Okay? The victory. The victory that the finished work of Jesus has given you. Yes, proclaim him. But saints, get the revelation of his nature in you. His finished work in you. The victory that the finished work of Jesus has given you and me in our everyday lives. It's who I am in Christ. It's who I am in Christ. The I am, think about this, think about this, the I am in me. The I am in you. The I am I am, the I am in you, walking around in you every day. The big guy. <laughs> the big guy walking around in me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? That he has so much, look, if he has that much confidence in you, how can you not have confidence in him? Think about it. If he has that much confidence in you, an earthly vessel, how can you not have confidence in him? The Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Almighty who was and is and ever will be. Wow. Wow. Stop being ashamed. How are you ashamed? 
you are ashamed. Not you. No, nobody at River City Church. People are ashamed when they refuse to recognize his love for them and what it's really done, how much he really loves us. That's being ashamed of our Lord. Not taking in to every situation in our lives his saturating love. I know y'all think I talk about love way too much probably, but it is who he is. And it's who we become. You see, we live in a fallen world that constantly wants to qualify. People want to qualify themselves by their good works. They want to disqualify themselves by their mistakes and by their bad, bad works. You see, that's sin consciousness. That's exactly where the devil wants you to live. Is sin good? No. No, because sin brings death. It brings pain. It brings suffering. But you see, we serve a redeeming God that gave us a way out. And regardless of what we do, his love for us never changes. You see, he doesn't qualify his love for us dependent upon what we do or don't do. He allows us to come to the throne of grace with repentant hearts. And then the slate's clean. So you see, we walk ashamed when we don't receive his love. We walk ashamed when we think we're powerless. Because he's not powerless. We walk ashamed when we think we have to be in fear. He was never in fear. Jesus was... You know, we have this great example. We just go to the scripture and we just look at the life of Jesus. He didn't walk afraid. He didn't walk powerless. He didn't walk sick. Right? And that's what he has for us. We have to recognize his love. We have to recognize his mercy. We have to receive it. Otherwise, we make his gospel null and void. See, that's us doing that. Not us. Nobody at River City Church, okay? But that's the carnal way. That's the carnal thinking. Okay? We have to receive the love in order to know the power, the freedom from fear, and the sound mind that this scripture, about which this scripture is talking. Okay? Of course, I went to Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary <laughs> to look up what ashamed means. This is going to empower you guys. This is really going to empower you. I, I, I don't have a PowerPoint. But this, okay, pay attention. Listen, listen to what ashamed means. One of the definitions of ashamed. Confused. Confused. Confused by a consciousness of guilt or of inferiority. That's what ashamed means. You see, if we don't grab onto all that the finished work of Christ has accomplished, that's a confused state of inferiority. He didn't make you to walk this world in an inferior position. You are more than conquerors. Greater is he that's in you than he who's in the world. That's not an inferior position in my book. So think about this. This is what ashamed means. Confused by a consciousness of guilt or of inferiority, by the mortification of pride, by failure or disappointment. If you've gone through disappointment or failures or mistakes and you are allowing that to be your gospel and to confuse 
what the finished work of Christ has accomplished for you, that's being ashamed of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grab hold of the victory. Grab hold of the power, in other words. Grab hold of the love. Grab hold of the grace and the mercy. you got to stir this up in yourself. Every one of us in here has to stir this up in ourselves. If we allow ourselves to be confused by the wrong things that we've done or haven't done, that's being ashamed. Or the good things that we didn't do that we should have done. Right? Allowing those things to keep us from experience the fullness of Christ in our lives allowing those things to keep us from experiencing the fullness of God's love for us, that's being ashamed, not receiving the finished work. We must receive it by faith in order to be effective for him in this world. We have a holy calling, a divine salvation, and a purpose, saints. You are grafted into the vine. Oh, my goodness, you are grafted. Talk about the life of the, the, the promise of the life of Christ grafted into the vine. You become one. Wow. Second Timothy 1 8. Okay, let's let's go back where we started, Second Timothy, because we sort of went through the first half of that verse. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. You have a holy calling, and he's given you everything that you need to finish it. According, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us, given, given in Christ Jesus before the world began. It's a, it's a given gift. We just need to receive it. We just need to receive it. We have a holy calling given to us before the world began. It tells us that right here. The only requirement is to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We need to all stop disqualifying ourselves and living underneath the place where God intends us to live. He needs you. He needs you in a fallen world. He needs you to be the hope. He needs you to be the victory through him, through him. We disqualify ourselves when we fail to believe and to understand, to receive the revelation knowledge of the love of God and what he has for us. We, we must receive the love in order to vanquish the fear, in order to vanquish the fear. Hallelujah. <laughs> Moving on to verse 10. Well, let's back up. It says, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Where does he appear? Yes, he appeared physically, but where else? In you, in me. The finished work of Christ, I have to receive it by revelation, wisdom, and knowledge. He is a rich store of that for me. Isaiah 33. Who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Back up to 2 Timothy 1.1 again. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus and that you've received. 
It's a gift for us. We receive it by faith. We receive it by faith. Because of his grace and mercy and love for us. 2 Timothy 1.11 Whereunto I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause, in other words, for the purpose, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. In other words, I will not let the devil wreak havoc in my world. I will not let him wreak havoc on my emotions. I will walk in the peace of God. I will not succumb to the fear, the inferiority of the gift that he's given me. I will not allow the devil to cause me to accept a lesser gospel. Carnal thinking wants you to accept a lesser gospel. That's just the way life is. No, I'm sorry, it's really not. Because when I see the words, the life of Christ, right? Hallelujah. I'm not going to accept the the devil's lies. I'm not going to do it. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. I will not. I will not. You will not. I have a father. Father, Father, who sent his son to bring me resurrection life. Father. I have a father who has given me the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, bringing life. Well, it says to your mortal body, I receive life in every area. Spirit life, mortal life, (laughs) healing life. The same spirit of God lives in me through Christ, my Lord and Savior. It has vanquished every power of the enemy. Every power of the enemy. The name of Jesus is above every other name. Every other name has to bow to the name of Jesus. You've got a problem in your life? Speak Jesus. According to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. You see, according to that promise of life, I'm going to receive every promise that Jesus suffered, was tortured, was tormented, and hallelujah, was resurrected <laughs> to give me. Hallelujah. That includes his peace. That includes his joy. That includes revelation knowledge. That includes revelation of his love for me. Revelation of his mercy for me. That includes provision. I shall not lack. I shall not lack in any area of my life. I'm not just talking material provision. Emotional, spiritual, mental Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not allow Satan to kill me or my faith in God and what he has done for me. The revelation knowledge, assimilating it, receiving it into my life. I will not allow Satan to destroy anything that God has already given me through Christ. You have to see it done. You have to see it done. Finished. Finished work. Finished work. You have to see it done. You have to have the vision of God. We've talked about that the last couple weeks. We have to receive the vision of God. What good does man's vision do you anyway? (laughs) Puke. Really, honestly, most often man's vision awful. Doubt, destruction, despair. I mean, even hearing those words is yucky. You know? <clears throat> you, see, you see, God already, through Christ, 
His vision includes forgiveness of my sin, protection from the evil one, provision above and beyond all that I could ever ask, think, or imagine. He shall supply all my needs according to what? His riches in glory. His riches in glory. The very glory of God. (coughs) Healing, protection from every pestilence. Peace, comfort, anointing. Anointing? Psalm 91.3, Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. End of discussion. I don't need to think about that anymore. That's how I look at it. Psalm 91.5-7, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I know that's Old Testament, but that's what Jesus accomplished. Right? Hallelujah. Let's go on back here to the 23rd Psalm. Let's do that. Let's encourage ourselves. Let's stir up our faith. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Rest, peace. He leads, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Does it, does it sometimes feel like you're in a valley of a shadow of death? Well, you're not. You're going to walk right through it. I will, feel no, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Is a virus an enemy? Are you safe at the table? Is he prepared a banquet for you? And all they can do is look on. Come to the Banquet table, saints. Come to the banquet table. He has prepared it for you. Hallelujah. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says all the days of my life. That's here. This is not a death psalm. It is a life psalm. It's for the here and now. It's for your life now. Hallelujah. (laughs) You see, when I receive the fullness of the finished work of Christ, the revelation knowledge of the fullness of Christ in me. The fullness of Christ in me. It includes a revelation knowledge of that overwhelming love. This psalm is a love covenant. This book is a love covenant. It's a love covenant. He is for me. He's not against me. He has perfect love. See, you, we, we have a hard time understanding that. Perfect love. But the Father doesn't. Your Father doesn't. Beautiful children of God. Your Father doesn't have a hard time understanding that. And when we know the love of God, it casts out the darkness. It casts out the fear. It casts out that walking in the consciousness of inferiority. Fear of mistakes, fear of failure, fear of dread and destruction and pestilence and lack. 
1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. You see, Jesus defied the curse of the law. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, we are walking into understanding the full revelation of perfected love. You see, I'm, I am totally convinced of this. I am as much as a human can be convinced, right? I am totally convinced in myself that there is only one reason, only one reason, only, I'm going to say it again because I'm so convinced, only one reason that we Christians do not constantly walk in the victory of Christ in every area of our lives, every area of our lives, every area of our lives. And that is that we do not understand the overwhelming, unconditional, death-conquering, fear-defeating, devil-stomping, victory-winning love of God. But I'm on that journey. I'm on that journey, and he's guaranteed me the victory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Romans 8, 35, and then 37 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, not the devil. He can't. He doesn't have that power. The only power he has is what people give him. That's him. <laughs> the only power he has is what people give him out of lack of revelation, knowledge, and understanding of the love of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or, or sword? You see, all those things are of the devil. You see, the devil's lies can't separate you, right? Because you're not going to receive them. You're not going to listen because you have the word. You have the living Jesus. You have the spirit of truth. When Jesus went away, he sent the Holy Spirit to be your guide, to be your counselor. He counsels you with a loving eye upon you. The word says that. That's your finished work. That's your package. Tied up in a pretty little bow, all you have to do is open it. Hallelujah. <laughs> nay. Nay. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We must know the love. We must know the love. For I am persuaded, not ashamed, not confused, persuaded, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord, Christ Jesus our Lord. You must know in whom you believe. You must know in whom you believe. You must know in whom you believe. You must know the character of God for you. You must know his character. 2 Timothy 1.12 For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. What have you committed unto him? My life. 
You've committed your life unto him. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have committed your life and all that concerns your life. All that concerns your life. I love these two. I, 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 I speak these two scriptures a lot. In the NIV, Psalm 18:32, God arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. See how good he is toward you? And then in King James 138.8, Psalm 138.8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Thank you, Lord. What do I receive? I receive the promise of life in Christ Jesus. I receive the promise of life in Christ Jesus. That's everything that Jesus demonstrated when he walked here on the earth. Every bit of it. It's mine. It's yours. Every bit of it. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Father too, when you believe in Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him That's a big statement. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I'm in him. I'm in him. In love, in love. He predestined us for 